If you're keen on backing a winner tomorrow, you've come to the right place. It's now time for the punters panel on Racing HQ with Dave Stanley. Dave Stanley. Let's go, fellas. Righto, let's try and find a winner for you on the punters panel when it comes to, of course, racing tomorrow at uh, Rose Hill Gardens. And really looking forward to this meeting because we get to see some nice horses return, plus these babies, and hopefully we can try and find you a winner. I'll go first to Luke Marlowe. Luke, good morning to you, mate. Um, Really looking forward to seeing how Rose Hill unfolds tomorrow. Likewise, Dave. Dave, good morning to you. Good morning to our listeners. Five-metre rail there at Rose Hill and currently rated a soft five. Forecast looks pretty good for Sydney um, out at Parramatta. They're saying um, only a 50% chance of a shower today and tomorrow's looking partly cloudy, no rain, top of 32. So I'd expect the track to get back into the good four range. That five-metre rail, usually you'd favour horses up on the speed and closer to the fence, but... Gee, it's an outstanding meeting day, particularly around some of these two-year-olds. I'm really excited for it. Okay, sensational. And uh, we're going out to uh, Chris Roots. Chris, good morning to you, mate. It is a good meeting, isn't it? Yeah, it's a great meeting. Yeah, it's sort of one of those meetings where you get um, a feeling that autumn's closer. Certainly that is the case. Mike Wood, how have you assessed the meeting, mate? Yeah, it's got a bit of everything, doesn't it? There's a few good match races there, some smaller fields, but still exciting. The two-year-olds, the first time we get to see the Golden Slipper favourite under race pressure at Rose Hill. So it's a big day for him and a few bets of value too. And what about yourself, Mitch Cohen? Hello to you, mate. How have you seen this meeting? Well, first of all, mate, I thought I would have heard a bit more excitement from the Rooter. His, his namesake's trialled this morning out there at Rose Hill, a nice quiet trial from Roots uh, on the road to the autumn. But... Uh, <laughs> No, it looks like a great meeting. Um, echo what all the boys said. Obviously, a couple of really nice two-year-olds going around in that expressway stakes. Did trial nicely that uh, Roots, didn't it, Chris? Yeah, it did. It was um, it was fantastic, fantastic trial, and um, I thought Animo was really good. So we'll um, we'll keep on watching them and see where they come out out and. The expressway stakes. Let's get into it. Uh... And we've got uh, what uh, a text on the text line here about Forbidden Love. Hey, boys, very keen to see you hear your thoughts on Forbidden Love, especially with a little bit of moisture around Sydney last night and the storms. What did you guys think of the trial? We'll go on that order eventually. We'll go Luke Marlowe, Chris Roots, then we'll go to Mike Ward and Mitch Cohen. Um, do you like Forbidden Love, Luke? And if you're not tipping her, what do you like in the expressway? Well, Dave, firstly on the trial, I, I thought it was very, very good. Um, she looked great. Her action was pure. Um, she looked to be enjoying her work. Uh, she didn't. She didn't really come up last preparation. I just wonder if the the toll of last autumn racing on those really wet tracks took a little bit out of the last time in. So you've got to just ask yourself, as a five-year-old man now, is she is she able to find her very best form? Because I think she was a touch below that last preparation. She she set the high bar though. She's a multiple Group One winner. Um, I think fresh here at twelve hundred. If she's right. She would probably be the horse to beat, but I just need to see her come back and do it under race conditions. Uh, she did lay in a little bit in that trial, but overall it was very good. So um, I can see that she's got an excellent winning chance with that asterisk of I just want to see her come back and produce her best. Uh, we've got to discuss the favourite, uh, Golden Mile. I thought he trialled excellent. If he's going to be vulnerable, though, with bigger fish to fry later in the preparation, I think it'll be here first up, but... I think they'll have him pretty close to the mark. I just, I sort of wonder how much value he is in the race. So in saying all that, 
Um, I'm going to shop wider and I'm going to tip number three, Pizarro, in the expressway. He might not be good enough uh, to carry 58 and a half and beat these, but the thing that's got me in is him as a horse overall. He's just so consistent. He's never missed a place. He gives you 110% every time. And he's got a fitness edge having resumed already. He was blocked for a run at the top of the straight last start and he still savaged the line running the best last 200 of the meeting. So I think he could catch a few of these on the hop here with a bit of race fitness. And with his turn of foot, I think he could park in behind the speed somewhere and be effective late. So uh, it's not a high confidence race, but I think each way is worth a try at what's going to be close to double figure odds. Go to you, Chris. Yeah, Dave. Dave, I um I I really liked Forbidden Love's trial. She's um six or fourteen in in the autumn, so this is her time of year. If you go back to last year, she trialed pretty similar. She she trialed behind Nature Strip, but sat right on it right on his wiver and 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 actually was living up outside in late. And they put a bit of a gap in her a field that time. She should have won this race last year, and I think I think she should be favourite. I think she's going to get all the favours from Barrier One. Lob out, hopefully, hopefully lead or on on the back of the leader, and then it'll just be a matter of her getting a run at the right time. And she's going to be a long way in front of um, Golden Mile, I think, coming to the turn. So, you know, she'll be she's a she's a Group One, a three-time Group One winning sprinter, and you're getting good value at about three dollar mark to backer. Mike, I've got yeah, I've got to be with her too. I think um, you mentioned her stats this time of year, Ruder, and also. You know, the, the, the addition of this race last year was simply stronger. She beat Animo. She was behind Overpass. That's, that's kind of edge of Everest form. She's a very, very good sprinter on her day. And the Barry Trail suggests she's back to her best. She just might have more zip um, than the favourite. He just looks to build into his race's golden mile. And I think second, third up, 1,400 metres will suit him. Maria Mia needs a mention. She was shining the yard first up for Joe Pride. His first full prep with her. So I'm favouring the mares and Forbidden Love. I'll be backing her early and maybe topping up late if she parades well. Mitch? Well, I'm with Luke. I thought, um, yeah, I, I need to see Forbidden Love come back and do it after sort of a spring where, yeah, I think those heavy tracks last autumn probably took their toll after she put a couple of Group 1 wins together. Look, the trial was excellent, but um, I shouldn't, can't be diving in. With that said, I, I can't be diving in the gold mile at $2.20, but I do have him on top. Three-year-olds have got a great record in this race. They've won three of the past five editions, albeit with um, some more sprinting three-year-olds. I think Golden Mile has shown that he can he can run well fresh in the past. He obviously won over 1,200 on debut and was second over 1,300 last preparation before going on to win that Caulfield Guineas and the calendar personal. But um, look, obviously, I think the mile's his best distance. He, he will get back, but his, his trial was good. Do I want to dive in at the 2.20? Probably not, but I think he's the best horse in the race. Luke? Oh, we might one thing I was interested there. in... No, I'm back, Dave. Sorry, mate. Apologise. Um, one thing I was interested in with Pizarro, guys, was that he was a dual acceptor, uh, and they had him in another race, and they opt to come uh, to the expressway. So I'm not sure if you guys were reading anything into that, but um, I just found it interesting that they, they picked the harder race to run him in. I think that indicates he's going particularly well, DS. Now, here's an interesting text, and I'll get a, just a simple yes-no from all of you. If J-Mac was riding Forbidden Love and Kira McAvoy was riding Golden Mile, would Forbidden Love be our current favourite? A simple yes-no, Luke. I'll say no. Okay. Chris? 
Um, yes, we've spoken about this before. Yep. And we're going to go to you, Mike. Yeah, 100%. Yep. Yep. And yep. Uh, Mitch, okay, so now I'll come back to you. Why do you say no, Luke? Because out of everyone else, uh, and I know, Chris, we've spoken about it before, but um, I just find it interesting that uh, hmm. why are you saying no? Why would you still have Golden Mile favourite, Luke? I think that I don't have a, a definitive reason, Dave, but I just think he's he's done a lot as a three-year-old. He's got the weight allowance on Forbidden Love. Uh, maybe at the death. Uh, they would flip around due to map position, considering he may be behind Forbidden Love. But I think if you were talking right now on a Thursday, looking at this market, I don't think the jockey changes would have uh, that much uh, of a bearing on the market early. So um, that's my reasoning. Um, I get it. James, well, I think, obviously I think, a big positive. But... Yep, Chris? I think jockey, jockey, jockey bookings have a massive play on the market and it evens up towards the end when the, when people find value. I just think and it's nothing against Kieran McAvoy boy at all. James McDonald is seen by punters as that far in front of every other jockey in Australia that and the the stats back it up. He's he's ridden thirty million dollars worth of won thirty million dollars worth of prize money in the first five months of the year. It's it's he, he just he, he just gets the job done on 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 the horses and gets and more importantly he gets on the right horses. If he makes a selection, it it's all, often he's he's made the right choice. And there's not been many jockeys who've been that good at what he he's been able to do is getting himself on the right horses for numerous stables. It's not just Chris Waller. He he juggles Chris Waller, Godolphin, um, Annabelle Nisham. Snowdens when they, when they need him, it's it's amazing how how well he does to get on the right horse in the right race. Mm. I just wish he got John Queer home yesterday. Oh, don't don't please! <laughs> Anyone wants to buy a skater? I've got one. Only fifty seven k's on the clock. Uh, now Kings Gambit. Uh, let's go to this one, boys. Uh, it is the Canterbury Stakes, the Group Three. He's a dollar forty Kings Gambit here. He went like a rocket down in Melbourne. Uh, he's nine Invincible Colt. What do we think about the Canterbury, Luke? Um, and is this the, you know, if, you, if you're if you out there and, oh, I mean, I'm not. I'm not playing futures in the slipper at this stage. But if people out there who love their, their plays in, in these futures markets, I guess if they're keen on backing him in the slipper, you bet before this race, don't you? Most probably because he's the likely winner. Will he firm up dramatically if he just wins workmanlike and just does the job? Uh, I'm not sure. But I tell you what, if he comes out and puts five on them, um, you've got a, a pretty short golden sort of favourite uh, talking late January. So I think he could be the real deal, guys. He ran the time in Melbourne. He settled up on a, a fast pace and went away from them in the straight. Um, he won by a margin. The stable think he's their best two-year-old. He trialled softly and looked glossy. So I don't want to pot him. Um, I think he'll win. Um, is he a betting proposition for you? Uh, listening at home at a dollar forty, well, that's a decision yeah, you've got to make for yourself. I don't think he'll be a dramatic blower uh, or anything like that. I think he'll stay pretty solid in the market. I've got a lot of time for red resistance, but I think the eleven hundred meters is probably a negative for him. I think he's going to be more a fourteen hundred meter horse in time. So staying at eleven hundred, despite winning very well last start, could be just a slight negative. But I am a fan of that horse. That. He might be a cut above this favourite, Chris. Chris Roots? Yeah, I think he's... Um, what All the times and figures 
all the times the biggest man's men will tell you that he's the one that he's the one one that's been the star performer so far. So um, he comes out. You know he won't be at his top because you know what how the Snowden's trained their two year olds. But if he comes out and beats them with a penalty, what price is he in a slipper? He's probably three dollars fifty and 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 um the horse that everyone's um marking themselves against. Shinzu, there's a lot of good wraps around it, but Chris Waller first starting two year old, it's it, it, you you think he'll be building into a preparation. I think Red Resistance, the biggest advantage he's got is that he's up and running, he's had a run. Um, he'll learn a lot from that run. He got away from the fence there and sort of got a bit lost in the straight, so he'll be a lot better. But um, a fascinating race. But, you know, the expected is that King's Gambit comes out and wins, and if the expected happens, well, everyone will be jumping on in for the slipper and saying that he's almost a certain. Such an exciting horse in a year without probably a lot of depth for the two-year-olds. He stands out. Obviously, like I said before, he's got Rosal Gardens for the first time, but he should be okay. He's just one of those horses that jumps so well, uh, responds to the jockey when he takes a hold, stalks the leaders, quickens when he asks, and he's strong to line. So you can't ask any more from a colt. Um, will I take the price? Maybe still. I'll check the yard and see how he's going. And if you want to take the five bucks for the golden slip-up, maybe back him five minutes before the race if he's firming into about a dollar twenty, dollar twenty-five, and the market's yeah. strong take the five bucks before they jump. I'm going to go against him. Um, I don't, no, no, no foot on the horse. I think um, just as Ruta said, the Snowden's probably aren't going to have him. Well, he's certainly not going to be peaking on Saturday. Um, he's got, he's got a grand final in a little less than two months time that um, they'll be aiming to win with him. So um, I'm sticking with the horse. that's up and running red resistance. We know he's going to go forward. Um, look, he was really good the other day, I thought, on debut. He's only going to learn from that experience and be better from that experience. Uh, him and Steel City, obviously, gap the rest in that race. What was chasing, I guess we'll find out in the coming weeks and months if there was much behind them. But, look, the performance was really good. Uh, we know what we're going to get from him. And at around that $5 quote, I think it's a bit better than taking a dollar thirty that you're going to get on Saturday. And, and I think he'll give you every chance. And, Mitch, just on the the fact he won't be screwed down. I agree. I sort of explored that theory as well, but I just reckon with the lack of pace, it won't be a true test, you know what I mean? So I don't think fitness will, will get him beaten on Saturday. It was my thoughts. I think ability ability might carry him a long way too because he he obviously has the the ability to run really, really fast sections. So they're not gonna, he's not going to have too much structure in front of him. He's going to... You, you can see James making sure, sure, just like he did with Don Claudio last week. He's in his comfort zone, and then he gets he gets going at the right time. So, you know, um, do do you ever want to dive into a dollar forty about a two year old? Probably not. But um, it's one of those ones where you go through the others, and there's the only, as Mitch said, the the race race experience is probably the biggest thing thing that you you can hang your hat on if you want to back something to beat him. All right, uh, now uh, let's go to the Phillies um, because this is an interesting race, um, more so than the Colts because it's a bit more wide open. Learning to fly. Um, Annabelle Nisham mentioned this horse to us up at the Magic Millions, Luke. Um, yeah. we've seen, we saw the trial. Gee, she's a, uh, she's a big mare. Oh, yeah, well, she looks a big, strong thing, doesn't she? Um, oh, she's good. Don't worry about that. She can gallop 100%. Um, I fell in love at the trials and I thought as I'll definitely be backing this and on this when it goes to the races. Um, I've just, I'm not potting at all. 
Um, I just think Cigar Flick looks a bit of value at the $6.50. The fact she's had the run Cigar Flick, I think, is a, a decent edge. If Munns was on the show, he'd be harping about these two-year-olds unraced. They've got to be pretty good to beat the horses with race experience. And he's right. And I've got mail that J-Mac uh, has a, a fair opinion of this horse, Cigar Flick, and he's normally on the Coolmore horse, is he not? So the fact he isn't riding learning to fly, I'm not sure what to read into that. I just think Cigar Flick is a, a decent one. For a while to have a two-year-old up and going at this time of year, they're always a natural two-year-old because we know the stable doesn't rush them. And I was impressed with that Canterbury win. Uh, it's hard to race outside the lead at your debut and, and do the job. And she did it in style. Um, I like to see her on top of the ground here. And although she's got an awkward draw, I think she can just press forward and be hard to beat. Uh, learning to fly is definitely one for the future. She just laid in a little bit late in that trial. I think she's going to benefit from an outing and really come on. And she might be that sort of 1,400-metre uh, miler type as a two-year-old, maybe something along those lines. And she'll develop into a beautiful three-year-old being by Justify. So I just wonder, 1,100 first up, uh, will it be the right race shape for her? That's my only question mark. But this is a great race, guys. It's really, really exciting. And I think it'll uh, paint a bit of a slipper picture. But Chris... I'm with Cigar Flick at the odds. I think 650 is fair. I think it's a good price, isn't it, Luke? It's um, got the got the race experience. It'll benefit from that. I only had the one trial into that. It's going to jump, jump, jump again, jump, jump up in quality again. What we don't know about um, learning to fly is what what it'll do on race day. The boom on it is enormous. It's, she's everyone has been wanting to tip tip this horse since Monday. The, that it's it's Annabelle's best two-year-old. Uh, we'll we'll find out a lot about it. It perfect proposal comes out of Jim Crack, and still City two weeks ago we we're talking about they they're flying jockeys in to, to ride this horse, and it's now eight dollars. So you know it's a very very good renewal of the vision, and it'll give us some idea of what we're what we're where we're at and things like that. So um, uh, we'll just. Um, have a look at it, but for me, Cigar Flicks on top. Very deep race and very exciting race. I think um, I won't be backing anything early. It's the 130% market has to fill up because it's so competitive and you'll get better prices on most of these come Saturday. You can mention a lot of them. I think Steffi Magnetica down the bottom is worth mentioning. She's got squeezed at the start of the Gold Coast. She beat Cigar Flick in a Barry trial before that. And even though she was under urging, she just looks like a professional little daughter of all too hard that can do something, but there's lots and lots of depth. Cigar flick can, can obviously figure. Dipsy Doodle should go forward, I think, on Saturday, and she looks tough. She was just a bit keen on debut. Just Glamorous is not too bad. Divine Glory is very tough. Mumbai Muse trialed very well. And I think, Luke, you nailed it with learning to fly. Very sharp trials look good, but just that tiny bit green, wasn't she, which makes you worried at the yeah. price. Yeah, 100%. If I was with Red Resistance, I think I've got to stick with Steel City, don't I? Uh, look, and that's where I've, I've landed. I thought Steel City wasn't too bad the other day behind Red, Red, Red Resistance. Yeah, she was beaten, but she lost about a length, I guess, coming around the turn, just sort of wobbled a bit and lost about a length on Red Resistance, and that ended up being about the margin at the post. So, look, she'll benefit from that experience for sure. And as Ruta said, uh, the hype about this Philly before she had a first start. Kieran Ma was calling her the, the best filly in the stable, or the best two-year-old filly in the stable in the lead-in. And I think that race experience will, again, be important in a very, very open race. I think you've got to be wary of the of that gym crack form. We've seen what 
Platinum Jubilee's gone and done, finished second two starts and in that Magic Moons as well where she was flashing home and a really good performance. So perfect proposal. And even Divine Glory wouldn't surprise me if they ran forward sort of good races first up. But uh, I've got to go with the, the race experience again. Same formula with these two-year-olds. Well, not race experience, but uh, the horses that are up and running anyway. Uh, so that reason I'll be with Steel City. All right. Uh, Please, Mitch, let, yeah, go, go, Chris. Mitch. Mitch, you must have rated that ra- that race on Magic Millions Day highly, highly for the Unipine both two-year-old winners from it. Sorry, you must have ra- rated the two-year-old race on Magic Millions Day a really highly for the Unipine both two-year-old winners from it. I don't do it. I'm not a ratings man, Ruder. I'm an I'm an eye test man. Uh, you know that. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get to race number one and a girl's best friend, boys. It's uh, having its third start, 480. Um, as I said, third start from a spell. Does it win? Does it win? Because bloody hell, it's been impressive. Goes well, Dave. Goes really well, the horse. Um, back marker, five metres, Rose Hill. Danger, danger, danger. Um, we've got to see the track pattern, but it's race one, so... You're guessing. You're hoping they can run on. Um, it's got a big engine, 1,500 metres will suit. Um, just on her figures the other day at Musclebrook, um, it was a slowish tempo, and she charged home in the fourth best last 200 of the meeting, uh, keeping in mind that that was a 1,450 metre race, and there were uh, a number of 1,000 metre sprints on the day. There were three of them. So um, she actually came home faster than some of the 1,000 metre horses. So... Yeah, definitely has a big motor. I'm just worried about her in that position. Um, if it was Ramwick, uh, I'd, I'd be backing it. But um, just going to need a fair track and a bit of pace. Uh, so in saying that, I, I'm, I'm looking at seven here. Over Ola Kawatu. I think this is a decent horse, guys. I really do. He's third up. He's fit. 1,500 will suit him. He gets par on. I love that booking. He'll be ridden positively. Uh, he's a horse that can use a bit of gas early and still be there at the finish. And uh, I think mapping positively with the favourite out the back, um, he could even run favourite. So um, he'll do me in the highway. I'll look for Watu on an each-way basis. Yeah, nothing to knock about the favourite. got the right form. But as I always say, highway horses that run well in highways run well again. And I just think Lady Tabloids over the odds here. I think it'll run a really nice race at, 70, uh, at, a, at a bigger price. So... Nick Oliver, very smart trainer. I think um, it's the one I want to be with. Yeah, she's obviously she's obviously very talented. The times were sharp. I wish I found her first up and second up. I haven't been doing many country races during the summer, and I love backing horses that race against the older horses when they're two years and three years old, which is what she did. She obviously had that spell to mature. She's come back. She's very, very good, like Luke said. Um, probably back in the pack, which I agree with, is probably too much a risk at the price. Olika Hartu is talented too, but I reckon, Luke, he may struggle to get on pace because he was slow first up and second up. He took some urging to stay midfield and they had to work hard to get on pace first up. So I'm not sure where he ends up. It's a very, very open race. King of Spades is the one that might drift late, but I'm with him. He had to work hard to get on pace last start. It's the claim. It has to run well. Are we up there, Mikey? I think that's... Uh, <laughs> I hope so, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, actually with, I'm, I'm actually with Luke. Um, I really like this horse. I think um, you've got two of the sort of the smarter young three-year-olds from the, from the north coast of New South Wales going around in the girl's best friend and Olakuatu. But yeah, it's hard to 
hard to back uh, my girl's best friend when you know she's going to probably get be about more in, in the last couple in, in a full field, full highway field at Rose Hill on Saturday. But uh, I, I think, yeah, Olakuatu will settle closer um, and really put himself in the frame for a country championships. All right. Now, we're not too far away from our multi. Ten minutes, boys, until we get our multi underway for the punters panel. I want you to go to race number seven here, Spacewalk. Uh, it was a bit of a horror show last time out, Luke. Do we butter up at the 220? I think uh, we've got the wrong favourite here, Dave. I think we've got the wrong favourite. Um, I'm, I'm not as convinced about uh, how unlucky he was last start. I was at the time. I was working there to Sky Thoroughbred Central that day, and I was at Rose Hill, and um, a lot of people were crowing about spacewalk. Um, he over-raced a bit mid-race, and then he was in behind them. But I'm not sure. Once he got out right on the line, is he actually making any more ground? I'm not sure he is. Uh, and his whole career, he's been at 1,000 and 1,100, and now he's got to go 12. And I think that interference he copped last start is being overplayed. I know he gets in on a lightweight, but I'm very hot on Colino here. And... I won't chime in before race day, but I just want to see how the track is playing and how firm it is because I think he wants good ground. But if I get everything I want, I'm going to unload. I uh, get J-Mac back on. He ran the second best four to two last start, showing a brilliant turn of foot and then just played with his food over the last 200 metres. He's a completely different horse, this preparation, Kalino. Uh, Waller's got him right. He's worked him out. He's a 1,200-metre horse. Um, he. Just maps him behind the speed. He stalks. He's got a lump 59 and a half. But I think if the runs come, he'll win a game. He's absolutely flying, and I think he's the best all day. I don't know what I've done wrong, but I totally agree with Luke again. I just think I think it, we've got the wrong favourite. I think until Spacewalk actually can show it, show it doesn't get in the trouble, you sort of got to map in a little bit of um, getting in the trouble. So. I think Kalino's two runs back, being trained as a sprinter and a off-pace sprinter, have been um, top-notch. I think he's going to go right through to open grade now. He's always had talent. They've worked him out. He gets James on him. I think the $3, $3 at the moment is, a, is absolute luxury odds. And I don't think it really depends. I think he just gets in the right spot and James will pull him out and he'll just go boom and do what he did at the first two starts. I'd love to agree with you boys, but I'm not going to. I think this is the bookies are loving this race, aren't they? They're taking money on Spacewalk early. Um, there's a bit of love for Kalino as well. Um, he paraded very well last start. He's obviously flying, but he loses the apprentice claim. He gets, he gets a penalty for winning a couple of races in a row, which is a pretty stiff penalty. He's up, I think, five and a half kilograms against a horse like Destination for just 2.4 lengths. And Destination arguably was a little bit unlucky on the inside, just tightened. And he's a horse that's beaten for Bit and Love at Rosewood Gardens before in the Heritage Stakes a couple of years ago. He's parading well too. Richard Litz got him going well. And I think he's the one that'll firm spacewalk on ratings should win. But like Luke said, did he hit the line last start? Does he have the heart to win? I won't be backing. And we'll learn a lot about him on Saturday. I've landed on baseball, but yeah, with no real confidence in this race, I think he gets in with 51 and a half on Saturday. He really gets his chance second up as a gelding. Um, I think, yeah, I'm willing to forgive his last run. Yes, he got cluttered up. Um, how much did it impact him? I guess we'll never really know, but he, I'm giving him the chance to bounce back. I think he is a horse with a fair bit of quality. Uh, he's just got to put it all together, and I think on Saturday it's 
the perfect race for him to do it um, over 1,200 metres. Hey, Cohen. Yes. Have you, have you changed tune? Because did we speak after the day and you thought, no, he wouldn't have won, he wasn't unlucky? Have you changed tune or am I imagining that? Did we speak on the day? I think no, we spoke. I didn't speak on the day. Uh, yeah, you did brush me. I was a bit upset, actually. I thought we were mates. It's all good. <laughs> I just no, thought no. I, I thought I remember you saying that he wouldn't have won if he, he he wouldn't have won. He wasn't that unlucky, or maybe I'm wrong. It might not have been me, but I've gone back and watched the replays a couple of times. Uh, look, you could make a case for both ways. I'm, as I said, I'm willing to forgive him, um, but yeah, to, was the he was cluttered up at the top of the straight. Did he enjoy it? Uh, I don't think he did. But I think we could agree he was entitled to probably run through the line a little bit better. But as I said, I'm willing to forgive him. He's the only way. It's, it's I think, a pretty winnable race on Saturday if he wants to progress to that sort of stakes level. Mm. Yeah, the only reason I, I, I think up... in that, that last start, that last start, they, the jockeys on him and Dehorn Unicorn were too concerned about each other and forgot that there was other horses in the race for the first time. 100% agree, Ruta. 100% agree. Yeah. Dehorn Unicorn then... was sort of in that three wide line. Yeah, he got in the three wide line and then he was sort of still worried about where Spacewalk was and then Spacewalk's ducking and diving for runs and sort of trying to get the miracle runs. I, I just I just want to see him get a clear run and go through the line and win. That's before before I want to be with him. And I know that Colino has done that it's two starts this time in and it sounds like if Colino wins, they will have a buyer for his Skoda. Mm. The only reason I asked Mitch that is because I did a similar thing. Um, and I don't mean to misquote him, but on the day, I'm, I walked away from the races thinking, hey, he should have won Spacebook, he was stiff. But then once I actually did the form and went back uh, for today and had another look at the video and watched it a few times, I actually changed my mind, which uh, you're entitled to do in this game. But, uh, yeah, it's an interesting one. I think you can be on either side of the fence. He would have won, he wouldn't have won. Is he genuine? Is he not? I think a lot of the I think the clear air is the, I think the clear air is the key thing for him. If he if he gets yeah. clear air and doesn't let down on Saturday, then it's you could almost put him in the in the sack file until you for good until you see him win a race. Agreed. Where do we put Dehorn Unicorn, which was sort of equal favourite for him in that race and had no luck and was three wide and never never really let down? What what do we do with him? Like what, you know, I, I've I've just sort of sort of looked at that and said, well, I don't I don't like the format of that race. That's why I've landed on Kalina. And as you said, said Luke, I, I think he's, um, I think he should be favourite. Not to worry for the unicorn. You'll need a bit of luck. If Oakfield Twilight comes out, Dehorn Unicorn slams outside lead and he has to be backed, I think. All right. Uh, what about this last race, boys? The text here. Hey, gents, is it one out in the quaddy for the last leg? Think about it. It's even money. Mm. I think he'll win. I think he'll win. Um, he's short enough at evens, considering that he, he's got to step up to Saturday grade. But I think he's going places, guys, and I think he, he maps okay. Um, I think if he if he hadn't gone bad and, and had to go back, I think he could be defeated on the weekend. But he's got the leader for Vela immediate to his, immediately to his inside. There's no speed in barriers one and two, so contributing factor from gate three crosses, finds the rail behind four Valor. Think about it, slots into that position. He'll be one one, or if speed wants to come across from out wide, he'll he'll just sort of be behind those one off, just in a stalking position. And 
I think the only thing that could get him rolled is a, a really bias on speed inside track. I just think he can give them three lengths and still sprint over the top. He's got such a great turn of foot. Like he, he sat handy on a fast speed last start and still ran some of the best closing sectionals of the day. So that's a sign of a horse going on the better thing. He, he ran the best last 400, second best last 200. I think, to put it simply, he's just going to be too good a move. Chris? Yeah, I think he's um, a, a star on the rise, but he has to come up against horses that are um, have Saturday form here. I've got him on top, but, you know, I don't think I'll be diving into even money in the last last if I'm winning. He's, he's a very good horse. He had um, a lot of issues with a younger horse, this horse, and obviously Joe Pride, being the great trainer, he has turned him around, and he's very progressive. Um, he's very exciting. He's not a bet, though. He's going to be unders. I think away from his home track is a negative. Um, the Mission Value form line yesterday didn't quite hold up. Um, and also, he just got the peachy spot first up, didn't he? The leaders carved each other up the first 300 metres. He dropped in behind, and the race is kind of over, and the time doesn't back up the price that he is. I think contributing factor can improve second up, but the one I want to stay with, and it's always hard to know if it's the right bet because I'm being a bit too loyal, but so am I. I reckon he could find the box seat on Saturday. He's a horse that used to lead. Um, he was jagged back from the outside barrier. He jumps well, and if he box seats, he's right in the finish. Yeah, I'm with a favourite. I spoke to Joe during the week, and he seems to think he can either... The next couple of runs will determine whether he plays a part in this autumn carnival or whether they aim up at the at the Brisbane winner with him. But he certainly thinks he's he's a very top level galloper on the on the rise. But he's just got to come out and do it, whether he's ready or not. I think um, his first up display was good. He should only improve off that. You'd think um, he was a winner second up last time, albeit in provincial grade. But look, he looks like a really nice horse. Whether you want to be diving in it at the even money, uh, that's up to you in the get out stakes. But I. I have a feeling there might be a few uh, throwing a bit on it on Saturday if they've uh, if they've done their uh, their rear end. But uh, look, I think he's probably well. He's definitely the best horse in this race. Um, but yes, whether you want to dive in at the price. Right, I like it, boys. Uh, tough race this next one. Well, we've got some time per sleeve. Uh, I want your opinion on the highway. Uh, sorry, no race four. Pardon me, because there's a text here about. Um, tip of the spear for Annabelle Neesham, who's second up. This is an overseas runner, Luke. Yeah, I actually like him here, Dave. Um, I thought that first up run was fantastic. He was completely unwanted by the market. Uh, they didn't really... Uh, there was no push for him. There's no real tip for him, but he was sort of held up at the top of the straight. And Bayless was looking to his left. He was desperate to get around horses and get into the outside. I think being a European, he was wanting a bit of galloping room, and that didn't eventuate, so he went back in and... Uh, he was just up on the heels late. He was um, he was still full of beans on the line. So I think an extra 500 metres out to uh, 2,000 is perfect. He maps well. Um, yep, top pick for me. I think he'll run a super race second up. Yeah, well, I I um, looked at him and sort of went around him. I think Chris Wallace was here first. Likes the one. It's um it's coming through to grade third up for him. Just we always know that. Third up, that's where they're getting to the top in the Waller camp. There have been two handy runs. I'll, 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 I probably won't play in the race, but he'd be the one I'd have on top. I think the, the weather last night, the storm missing Rose Hill Gardens, makes a big difference in this race. Some of these Europeans 
are going to be very, very good when they get to 2,400 metres on soft ground. I think tip of the spear is one of them. I think the soft track probably helps first up. Look, if they were going to roll forward and go really hard in the lead, um, he could definitely do something. He's a strong stayer, but I'm not sure they'll do that second up. Handsome's another one to watch. He's a very progressive stayer that just wants more ground and maybe softish ground would help him. Probably the horse I'm left with, mapping well near pace on firmish ground is worthily got way too far back last start he just needs to hold it together deep in the prep and he's a good each way back on with our caller i like tip the spear here i think the step up to 2000 meters second up um in australia looks like an ideal stepping stone i thought he did more than enough first up over that 1500 meters at rose hill and um look in a in a race where you you, you could probably say there's a number of chances um look i thought he was he was pretty good in that race the other one that i i've like to see running on. I probably won't be on him on on Saturday. He's born with wings. He comes out of that same race. He only beat one runner home, but he had to get to the outside um, and sort of made his way down the outside. He's one that's his form over in sort of Europe is over sort of two and a half, uh, well, yeah, two and a half miles. So um, look, the two thousand might be a bit short for him, but I think um, I wouldn't be surprised um, if he's running on sort of towards the placings at a, at a pretty big price. Now, the highway, which we touched on at Girls Press Friends. So uh, there's a couple of texts there about... Uh, I know that we went through our selections, but there's a text here about uh, Lady Tabloid. Did anyone mention Lady Tabloid? I have it yeah. on top, though. Yeah, yeah, so $15. The text here is... Uh, well, OK, that's why. Um, should we take the $15 now, Lady Tabloid? Chris? Yes? No? Yeah, I think, I think it'll probably hold up. <laughs> I think it'll probably hold up the fifteen dollars, but um, just got it in, in. I love these horses that just keep running good races. It's got a really good record. Comes to town, and we know Nick Olive. He he knows how to win highways. Like there are certain trainers that that um, bring only the horses that they think are really good chances in these races, and don't make up the numbers. And Nick Olive's one of those. Okay, Bold Mac boys, a text here about race nine. Our thoughts on Bold Mac and then also um, a, a comment on Super Strike, Luke. Well, on Super, he didn't like that hot day and firm ground last start at Randwick and um, he underperformed. He's been freshened up. Barrier one is not what he wants. He needs space, this horse. He doesn't go between horses, is my information. He's not as effective between horses. So um, I'll say good enough to win the race, but will need a lot of luck. The issue for the likes of Super Strike and Bold Mac to a point, he won't be as far back as Super Strike. But the issue here is the lack of speed. Uh, there's not much doing at all up front. I think that Major Artie will completely control the race and um, he's the way I've gone. Um, especially with T. Clark, third up, fit now, um, controlling 57.5, I think is a winnable weight for him at this level. So I'd be inclined to lean his way over Bold Mac. And um, at 340, I think he's probably on price, but he's the way I went. Chris, what did you think of race nine? Not much, obviously. Yeah, I think uh, Major Artie <laughs> gets in front. Um, just run... Just... just just run down late, late last time. I thought Bazooka might be one here. I think he's the sort of horse that... You don't want to want to be putting your life savings on. He, he he puts in a good one, a bad one, a bad one, a good one. 
But if he's on his game, this is the sort of race with the weight he's got. He could just sit off them, especially with a, 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 a soft pace, and he's got a really sharp sprint at the end. So I, having said that, I think $15 is a good price to find out how he's going, So uh, where he's going to be in the finish. So I've got, I've got Bazooka on top. They all come out of a similar race race here. So um, I thought Bold Mac was... I wanted to be on Bold Mac when I first looked at this race, and I kept going back, and I just wasn't at all convinced by its fourth last start. So um, I started looking around, and I, I landed on Bazooka. Um, so I'll um, say a prayer and um, trust David Payne. I can I can see the case for sure, Ruder. He's, he's got that sharp turn of foot, doesn't he? He's a horse that you know, some people don't like backing a placer each way, but a horse like him who's got a soft barrier can quicken and puts himself into the race. Bazooka, yeah. If you're going to back him, definitely back him each way or a place, even because you know he's going to run well. He does like Rosehill Gardens. Look, this is probably a no-bet race for me, but I'll be definitely watching. Uh, Tim Clark on a leader, James Mack stalking. It sets up for an exciting finish, but just not sure which way to go. Well, I'm with Major Artie. I was with him last start. I think he's one of the better bets on the program, if not the best bet on the program. I think TC will lead. Um, we got TC on now, and we know um, he's one of the best front-running jockeys in Australia. Um, and, look, we know Major Artie's going to go straight to the phone. He probably had to do a little bit too much work the other day from a wider draw um, just in those early stages and then he got just picked on the post by Banju, who, uh, Lyle Chandler, who has absolutely flying at the moment. So he certainly wasn't disgraced. Third up now, ready to peak. I think um, he's a good bet. All right, perfect. Uh, now, I'm just waiting for Dicko to open this uh, multi. Uh, I know we've gone over here, but uh, I was told that we can we can go over with these... Uh, we've got these two previews coming up of Tari and Scone. Uh, come on, Dicko, open it, mate, please. <laughs> He's just sent me, I've just sent him a text saying uh, we'll get uh, the multi open. Uh, go through your selections, boys. Luke, what's your runner to run top four tomorrow? Yeah, sure, Dave. I like uh, Cosmic and Minerva to run top four, race three, number two. He's third up into his preparation. Um, I think he wants the ground. He uh, was quite strong through the line. He's damn St. Nineveh. Uh, could run a bit of ground. He is by deep field, but. I just like the way he hit the line last start. He's got a better draw. I think he could be a length or two closer. And I think he is probably the best horse in the race. Uh, he and Wineglass Bay look the main two that can fight that out. But, yep, I fancy him to run top four in the third, don't Chris? I'm with Kalino. I think um, not only will he run top four, he'll win. And um, that's what you want to be doing when you're punting. So I've um, put Kalino in this week. I don't mind a place bet, though, sometimes, Ruder. Um, Cosmic Minerva, I think he's obviously good, and I think I like the fact that we've got linked form, Marlowe. So am I. Race 10, number form. If one of them runs well, they'll both run well. Oh, I've got Majorati for all the reasons I just outlined. I think you're going to go forward. He's going to be in the first four for a, a long part of the race. It should be there at the post as well. All right, so there's our multi. It's race three, number two to run top four. Race seven, number two to run top four. Race nine, number two to run top four. And then home in the last, race 10, number four to run top four. $5 that multi, a max bet of 50. $5 a max bet of 50. That is the HQ Punters panel best. Gents, have a great day. Uh, enjoy your Friday and going to be some good racing tomorrow. Before we go, your best bets on the program? Dave, I'll say um, Cosmic Minerva in race number two, the horse that I've opted for in the multi. 
And I agree with Chris. Uh, we go to the line together with Kalino. He's in race number seven, horse two. So my two good things, race three, number two, Cosmic Minerva. Race seven, number two, Kalino. And as I sign off, Dave, you, you didn't address the elephant in the room. What's the elephant in the room, eh? Well, mate, I was on behind the gates yesterday, um, and you just welcomed me back with open arms. I was behind enemy lines yesterday. And oh, no, that's said, all right, mate. Said. You're no, okay? I, I right. didn't even know you were on yesterday. <laughs> um, there you go, mate. Uh, so how good. No, enjoy uh, your day, Luke. Uh, what about your best bet for the program, Chris? My best bet's for Bill and Love. I think it's absolutely flying. I think it'll it'll win the expressway. Colino, the next best. And another another little one, I'll, I'll be backing whoever's in the Marlowe's group at the golf today. I like it. Uh, and uh, what about yourself, uh, Mike? What is your best for the program? I love it, Ruta. Laying, laying your good mate, Marlo. Um, I'm with Ruta. Forbidden love. I think back her now and double your bet if everything looks good in the yard. And so am I each way. Raise tens of value. Mitch? Uh, Major Artie for me. Um, best on the program and probably no need to go into it any more than I already have. I like it. That to multi is open as we speak, though. The HQ punters panel best multi. Those runners to run top four. Race three, number two. Race seven, number two. Race nine, number two. And race ten, number four. It's $5 currently. What was that? $5 currently. Sounds like your pooch is getting on the punters panel multi, um, uh, Chris. Yes. Uh, yeah, get it off the... It's not up on the couch again, is it, Chris? The, the marmen just arrived. <laughs> Oh, man. No, I didn't know Cass was there. Say good day to him, Shane. Um, but HQ, punters panel best at multi is up as we speak. Have a great day, gentlemen. See you, boys. Fantastic. Um, all right, let's take a break. We've got previews for Tari and Scone next.